All opinions expressed by the program participants are their own and do not reflect those of Blue Line Futures LLC or their affiliates. The content is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as trading advice. Futures trading involves a substantial risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Therefore, carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for your financial condition. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 16 of the Macro Corner Podcast, proudly presented by Blue Line Futures. I'm your host, Paul Wankmuller. My guest this week is Giannis Mindall. Welcome to the show, Giannis. Hey, Paul. It's good to be back on the podcast. It's always a blast each week. So we got a lot to cover today here with fiscal policy, better and whatnot. So uh, time to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, exciting week. It's Fed week. We will finally find out whether we will be raising 75 or 100 basis points coming up this week. So let's jump right into it. I do believe that the first slide here on our on our chart book is the break-even rates. Are they rolling over as the Fed risks overshooting? Is is the Fed making a mistake? Did they make a mistake in the past? Or go into that a little bit. Yeah, so ultimately the Fed has had many mistakes in the past, either over-tightening, meaning rate hikes, uh, climbing up uh, too far, too high, uh, as well as quantitative uh, tightening going too far. Or on the on the flip side, you could argue that uh, after COVID, the initial COVID shock and then uh, last year, they arguably were too easy for too long, uh, contributing to what we now see as a tremendous inflation problem. So mm-hmm. Fed errors, we've been there before, but the extent to which it is uh, currently with us is definitely a somewhat unique situation that we have not seen since the 1970s in terms of the level of inflation uh, consumers, everyday Americans are currently facing, and not only Americans, but consumers around the globe, really. Um, so we are now on the other side of uh, this easy central bank uh, coordination. Uh, the mm-hmm. Fed is arguably a single mandate central bank for as long as inflation is as high as it is right now. And the risk is that they look on the shorter end of the yield curve dictating where rates need to go while ignoring the longer term growth implications that these rate hikes have. We do know that monetary policy acts on a lag and has a lagging effect on uh, long term yields and growth prospects. So uh, we just turn to slide number one here in the in our weekly chart book. And what mm-hmm. we see is that break-even rates, meaning inflation expectations over the five and 10-year term, they are sort of rolling over. But these inflation expectations are also a reflection of the fact that growth might be relatively low, while uh, some of the inflationary forces could get killed by the monetary action. So we might be killing inflation here, but at the same time, impairing some long-term growth prospects, which has the potential to result in some sort of stagnation-ish dynamic in the economy. And one of those key metrics you're looking at is the two-year versus the 10-year yield spread. Yes. So two's tens yield curve is, of course, widely watched. What we saw on the back of CPI coming in hotter than expected, particularly the core part of CPI, which uh, came in at 6.3 last week, uh, is that the uh, two-year yield rose uh, at a faster pace than the 10-year yield, mm-hmm. meaning that the two's tens curve further inverted. Of course, this is the ultimate recession indicator that a lot of people turn to. It has not proven out to be an immediate recession indicator in the past, but what we see is that ultimately the recession 
kicks in after it gets out of the flattener and it becomes steeper again. Uh, so, that, so that just means that the deflationary shock induced by central banks are bringing down near-term yields again, mm-hmm. coming out of this uh, high inflation period. And when that happens, that's really when you want to look uh, out for uh, real recession uh, worries to kick in. I mean, last week we had uh, pretty much a recession trade going on on the back of CPI. Mm-hmm. We had the possibility priced in for 100 basis points this week, which would really stun a lot of market participants. Right now, we're standing at the 75 basis points fully priced for Wednesday. So mm-hmm. that's what we expect. But yeah, uh, the two tenths keeps verting. I think the last time I checked was a negative 45 basis points. Uh, that's down from last week again. So further inversion indicating that economic slowdown worries are definitely in the market. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. And, and speaking of the possibility of a recession or, you know, as you said, that um, that will be after the uh, deflationary shock, I think, is, is what you were saying. Um, you know, we'll see that later. But who is going to do OK, you know, if it's a possibility of a recession? And, and what I'm what I'm looking at here is that, you know, we, and we've talked about this in the past on previous podcasts, how the indications that blue collar wages are outpacing the white collar wages. And more specifically, let's go into finance jobs. Uh, there's finance, leisure, hospitality, finance versus manufacturing, and finance versus construction, construction and mining. So, who who will be the the benefactors of, of something like that? Yeah. So, inflationary times like we have right now, they're not always they're not all created equal. But one of the secular contributors to higher inflation for maybe much longer on a secular basis, uh, quite contrary to what we've been used to over the last few decades, is definitely the wage side, the labor side. So what we saw coming out of the 1970s is that a lot of the returns on uh, a lot of the profits, the incremental dollar got captured by the holders of capital. Anybody financial assets is basically a capital owner. So mm-hmm. capital has been when a value capture uh, was over the course of the last, call it five decades. And what we see right now is that the wage gains between white collar jobs and blue collar jobs are gearing towards the blue collar jobs more and more. That's been a trend that we have seen for quite a while now, but it's quite stunning to see that a substantial uh, uh, difference occurring there right now where manufacturing jobs leisure and hospitality, and then construction to a lesser extent as reflected in the data right now. And construction may as well pick up as infrastructure bills, things of that sort get passed. But we see that the blue collar jobs are catching up. They are making up for what they've lost out on over the last couple of decades. And that will be a really interesting dynamic to watch as some of the uh, assumptions of capital holders might have to get readjusted in some or more another. So we do see that the wage pressures are substantial. And uh, we just look at the difference between uh, the degree to which it is uh, difficult for businesses to find workers, that that gap, that dislocation is still persistent. Uh, we do also see that initial jobless claims are taking down, taking down during a time where a lot of people are talking about recession. So this economy is about dislocations. And uh, while there may be recessionary demand conditions in some 
uh, areas of the economy, uh, we do realize that some areas remain extremely tight and may remain tight for a while longer. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm even just looking here, the initial jobless claims, they've been ticking down as of uh, as of recent, um, I guess, you know, going back into uh, which, you know, which I guess going back to the, the 210 that you were saying, we still might have some time to go until you actually do see those uh, recessionary uh, situations. Yeah. And ultimately, like we have talked about in the past on this podcast, the labor market is a lagging indicator. Why right. is that? Because if you are a business owner, then you will not just turn to layoffs as the first option you have. You will try to cut costs in some form or another, maybe on the technology that you have in your business. Maybe you don't need to offer all these products and there are redundancies that you can't exploit. At the same time, we're living in a transformation of sorts where businesses are going from just-in-time inventory to just-in-case inventory (laughs) uh, as a result of uh, the pandemic uh, conditions and then also the geopolitical tensions we're witnessing right now. So you have uh, sort of a dichotomy going on, and it's inevitable to see a looser job market. But you have to remember, that is also one aspect that the Fed actually wants to see happen. They want to have a decrease in inflation and uh, where exactly the wages will decrease will depend on whether layoffs occur and whether supply and demand dynamics can normalize in some form from extremely tight conditions we are seeing right now. So this is a question of where will the incremental dollar flow to in terms of capital versus labor? When we see at some point, and this is not a sure thing, when there are recessionary conditions maybe a lot more present than they are right now, where uh, can labor basically sustain its bargaining power that's, that it's seen ever since we came out of COVID? And then uh, what's going to happen after a recessionary, a deflationary shocks? Are these same dynamics that we see right now still present then? Or do we see a reversion to what we've been used to over a couple of decades? The assumption that markets have right now seems to be that we are somewhat returning to the last few decades, sort of. Uh, and that's where dislocations in terms of capital markets come in. It's if that is not true, if we are closer to a 1970s dynamic than a 1980s, 1990s, 2000s dynamic, mm-hmm. then we have to readjust expectations and who will capture the incremental dollar. Is it Wall Street or is it Main Street? Well, going back to what you were saying as well with that inventory, would you say it's a good time to get into the warehouse business? <laughs> uh, the, um, we have seen a tremendous inventory cycle. So there are a lot of businesses that have been able to capture uh, quite a bit of margin. So this might be into a slowdown, not the best investment uh, set out there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we are likely to settle in at, on an absolute level, even though maybe cooled off from the current uh, from the current levels of inventory, we might settle in at a new higher low on the inventory side. So that is definitely something to watch. Now, as you said before, you know, this has been going back uh, to the early 1970s of, you know, the owners of capital, you know, how they've, they've captured that incremental dollar. But where is the catalyst to, to reverse that? Or there, is there something, is there an indicator that you're watching uh, to do that? And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll end it with that. Yeah, so we're watching corporate profits on every dollar of uh, value created. Who is capturing that dollar? Is it unit labor? 
is it is it the labor side is it the capital side we include that in slide eight and slide nine yep, of yep. the of today's chart book those will be indicators to watch what what a real wage gain is doing uh all, all of these indicators will be extremely crucial going forward especially as this might be a transition into what could be a new regime that sounds great that sounds great hey thanks for joining us today everybody don't forget the macro corner charts book is available in the description of the podcast bluelinefeatures.com as well as attached to the email sent to clients every sunday not a client reach out to podcast at bluelinefeatures.com for a two-week complimentary trial of our premium research covering equity indices bonds metals grains livestock and so much more thank you so much for joining me today Giannis Mindall. i have been your host paul wankmuller we will see you guys next week thanks again Giannis. see you next week take care all opinions expressed by the program participants are their own and do not reflect those of Blue Line Futures LLC or their affiliates. The content is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as trading advice. Futures trading involves a substantial risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Therefore, carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for your financial condition.